0: Who are the most iconic and influential people of the past 20 years? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, Thinking People's Thinking People. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, unrecognized icon. And with me, as always, is my
1: irritatingly influential co-host, Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker. And believe it or not, I have this written down, unknown icon. This is two (laughs) in a row. We are too in sync, Joseph, with, with our fourth bio um, descriptors. I knew it would happen. You said it wouldn't, and I knew it would happen. We didn't plan this, everybody. I have unknown icon written down, so that's fine. Uh, uh, no, no
0: lie. Just beforehand, Nathan said, you know, I wonder if we're going to have the same one again. It's, yeah, we're gonna, we got to spend time with other people, Nathan. I mean, you literally <laughs> moved across the country. And we I don't st- want to. We Still, we still... <laughs> are working with the same brain cell
1: i don't like other people i only like the (laughs) overthinkers in our audience that's the only people i want to hang out that's i i told you i told you we've become a a
0: a thinking cult
1: yeah we are a cult (laughs) so we're very open about that (laughs) um it's just what what it is
0: yeah uh well anyway this is uh, well two unrecognized or unknown icons today (laughs) um uh we're going to uh just be discussing some of the other people we think are the most iconic and influential people of the past 20 years. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage with more of our content and meet fellow overthinkers like ourselves, join our cult, uh, where can they go?
1: They can first go to the overthinkersjournal.world where they can find out more about their cult leaders us and they can send their cult leaders, all of their love and hate mail. You can also join the group of other members, cult members, of course, um, at the overthinkers, uh, group on Facebook. It's a private group. We are posting memes. We're getting great discussions about all the fun stuff we talk about here. And we'd love to have you among our ranks. If you do enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend and sharing with a friend. It really does help us so very much.
0: All righty then. uh, ready to get started.
1: Let's do it. I got the list.
0: All right. Awesome. So yeah, over the past 20 years, years has been a wild one. I think that we can uh, we can all, all agree. We've had multiple presidents, a pandemic, the beginning and end of Marvel's Infinity Saga, the birth and death of Iron Man, the entire run of Zack Snyder's DCEU, the Me Too movement, plummeting rates of religious affiliation and skyrocketing depression and anxiety, the rise of Gen Z and TikTok and most importantly, the launch of the Overthinkers. Yay! To that end, we decided we'd take some time in the new year to look over what we think are some of the most iconic and influential people over that time who shaped our world and how we think about it. Because we care, you know, part of our whole thing is to think deeply about the world and about what we believe. We're hoping that by looking at the people who shaped our world, we can come to a deeper appreciation and understanding of how our ideas have been shaped in the past decade by them. So yeah, without further ado, Nathan, uh, Nathan and I, you know, Nathan did a lot of the leg work where I looked over, we all looked through to come up with this list. So Nathan, you have the list. So uh, what would you say? What are, what are categories? What's our first
1: category for iconic people? Well, first, we're going to get to all the categories, all the great people. Uh, Oh, yeah. Quick disclaimer. um, None of these people on this list do we necessarily endorse. Uh, we did not put the most moral people or or the goodest people. We simply put the people who we believe to be the most iconic and influential in the past 20 years. So none of these, we are not endorsing any of these people or what they've done. We're simply putting them on a list of the most influential and iconic. So that's it's like it said, it's like Time magazine, you know,
0: they have their man yes. of the year and sometimes they've had like Hitler or Stalin and it's not <laughs> like this is, it's just they had a lot of
1: impact that year. Yes. So please, we don't want hate mail saying that we endorse these people. We're just putting them on a list. All right. (laughs) Um, but also you're probably going to have some people that we missed or you think ought to be on the list or maybe ought not to be on the list. We would love to hear feedback um, from you on who we missed and we'll probably maybe mention them on the on the site or on the next podcast. Um, but without further ado, uh, the categories today for the most influential people uh, in Overthinkers fashion, we are skipping politics. Sorry, uh, you already know. You already know who most <laughs> yes. iconic politicians are. We don't need to go over that. Um, so we're jumping straight into innovation. George and tech- Washington. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> we're doing that. So the categories are innovation and technology. Thought leaders, arts and entertainment, literature, and religion. And uh, without further ado, we're going to start with innovation and technology. And we're just going to jump in with a totally uh, non-threatening uh, or divisive figure um, on the list. It's Elon Musk, is who I put uh, we put <laughs> on one of the most iconic thought leaders. You know, with his. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you could say he invented, but with his overseeing of the invention of the electric car and yep. Tesla, and especially mass marketing, making big this, he has changed the world in many ways with the, with the uh, Starlink providing yeah. internet around the world. This is a massive technological advancement. And so I would, we would be remiss to say yeah. he shouldn't be on the list as one of the most iconic innovators of the 21st century.
0: And it's, it's interesting to, to note that because, you know, you know, he's definitely, you know, uh, people's opinions of events changed over time obviously, but to re- understand how iconic he was as an adventure, you'd all yeah. you have to do is remember that Robert Downey jr's iron man was based on Elon Musk. Yes. It's yep. somebody who made forward thinking
1: technology cool. And, saying, and he's like, someone hey, who, who no one doesn't have a reaction or understand. Exactly. Much. Yes.
0: Well, know, he said he was, he was the guy who said, Hey, we're actually going to make electric cars. Hey, we're actually going to try to put, you know, something on the moon where, you know, again yeah. we're go and So that kind of, and again, He's taken a turn that many people like him more now than they used to, or don't like him more now than they used to. But he is somebody who people are constantly thinking
1: about him. And no one doesn't have an opinion on it. Right. Him. Yeah. Um, the next person I put in in likeness to him, and it the name would probably be a little less iconic, cool. but I think that in the coming years, his name will be even more iconic. It's Sam Altman. Okay. And who is not talking about AI in my industry, in every industry, everyone's talking about AI. And every article is talking about how this will change the world. And if you've played it all with AI, with ChatGPT, the kind of things that Sam, Sam Altman, in large part, oversaw the invention and development of, it would be hard to say that him and his technology isn't unbelievably influential.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, again, think about how important the internet
1: has been to
0: shaping our world. And many people Thanks are to Al saying, Gore. yes, exactly, of course. Um, and mo- many people are saying that. The chain, AI is going to change the world more yeah. than even the internet. And so, yeah, everything, all the conversations that we've had recently, just about, you know, what, what makes an artist if art, if art can be copied, you know, through that is are human beings obsolete. What is a human, you know, should, how do humans and their, you know, the writers and actors strikes, if they get replaced by AI, all those conversations we've had, and we're going to continue to have
1: are based on the work that this guy oversaw. Yeah. And you know, and if you lose your job to AI, you can thank this guy and you'll probably have a very different feeling about him in five years, but he's the spearheader of that. Um, with that, another world changing, society changing innovation. It's hard to pinpoint who invented social media, yeah. um, who really, you, you could argue Tom from MySpace really kicked it off, but the I would say the person who really is the king of social media and brought it to the forefront and made it a thing that literally everyone in the world had would be Mark Zuckerberg. Um, yeah. As far as innovation, I, I he to me is the progenitor of the social media we know and have today. So he is on the list. And who doesn't know Mark Zuckerberg? um, Whether he's appearing in Congress or on your Facebook feed, he is.
0: <laughs> or he's Jesse course, Eisenberg. Or, <laughs> yes, or he's Jesse Eisenberg <laughs>
1: in, in the Social Network. I mean, if, well, when you have Fincher make a movie about you, you've made it to icon level.
0: Yes, and Aaron Sorkin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but but one of the things i would say is that you know if we're talking about again what makes these people iconic and how they've influenced you know our conversations the idea of you know one of the things that's great about the movie that they do is that showing how mark zuckerberg's his one of his great innovations was seeing the online world as a community yeah and saying through facebook social media The internet isn't just a place where you go to do certain things. It's a place to have community. And again, that has shaped our world more. The the idea of we almost can't think of social media in a different way than as a community building platform. But that wasn't what
1: people were thinking about it as original. Look at the overthinkers. We have we talk to you guys all the time on the podcast. But during the week, in between episodes, we have 20,000 members almost on Zuckerberg's platform. And he, so it's hard to say that's not an influential thing that has tied people. And we have people from around the world connecting over particular loves and values. And so it's hard to say that's not the inventor or progenitor of that is not entirely um, iconic. So gotta go with Zuck. Um, the next one is, is Jeff Bezos. When it comes yeah. to commerce, yes. And you know, most of us know who Jeff Bezos is. He started off Amazon Startup as books. And then now, I mean, It, it totally changed the entire world of how we go about getting things. I mean, the most people I know don't even uh, very, a lot of them don't even go to the store anymore. No, it'll be there next day. I'll order my toilet paper off of, off of Amazon, but it it changed the world as far as commerce. And I think, yeah, he's totally. iconic. No, I mean,
0: again, like, so, so, you know, if Mark Zuckerberg brought community online, Jeff Bezos brought commerce online.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and the next and the last, as far as the innovation and technology, please, if you have additions, we'd love to hear who you think should have been on the list, um, or maybe who shouldn't have been on the list, but, um, well, well, this person isn't as name recognized as some of the other ones, um, their invention surely is, um, no matter how you feel about it. So Karika Weissman and her husband drew, but specifically Karika Weissman, um, were the inventors and the developers of the MRNA COVID vaccine oh. that, um, that I think very few people do not have an opinion on or at, uh, a connection with in some way, shape or another. So, and she, you know, uh, she and her husband won the the Nobel prize. And so, um, regardless of what you think, regardless of where you fall on the issue, it, it was, it's hard not to say that this invention and the people behind it are not incredibly iconic and at the very least insanely influential in our world. Absolutely. I mean, again, just to think about
0: We don't talk a lot about politics on this show, obviously, but the fact that political lines are now drawn over the vaccine, you know, it's you either think of the vaccine as this life-saving piece of, 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 of invention, or you think of it as an expression of, of government overreach and tyranny. And so it is, it
1: has changed our world, you know, in in many very strong ways. So I think that's a very good, um, and it is just, yeah. It was a technology that arose in an, un- I hate this word because we heard it so much. The <laughs> years. It arose in an unprecedented historic event. We haven't yes. seen quite like in this particular modernity, an event like this. Yeah. And so, and the invention that addressed that is always going to be, and particularly the people who invented it, uh, absolutely influential, absolutely. especially the history books. Yeah. All right. So that is it for innovation and in technology. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's people we missed, but, um, I'm going to kick myself yeah. after all the all the, all
0: the Steve jobs, uh, stands in the, <laughs> yes.
1: I put him, and this should be also said too: there are a lot of influential people who are still influential, whose work is still influential today, but they didn't, um, come to prominence in the yeah. past 20 years. We're talking about yeah. the people who came to the most prominence in the past 20 years. Um, so we, now we move on to, this is probably going to be the most controversial one. Yeah. And we really did rack our brains and wring our hands over this one. So again, we're not endorsing any of these people. We're simply saying they have led um, the, how we think about things. So, so these, these people are, are people layers. are, pe-
0: people are clenching their, their tables. now. Like, oh my gosh, who are they going to say if they're trying to remind us uh, now, of that? And
1: and by the way, this is for better, or for worse, you get to decide, but we're just saying these people have made a huge impact on how we think and how we see the world and the philosophies that we take in. And so, um, and, and you know. For times past, there's always been those thinkers who have guided the thoughts of a society. So these people, I would say, in large part, have affected the thought of how we think uh, deeply. So the first one would be, um, again, just jumping right in with someone totally non-controversial, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, as many people know, was a professor of psychology in canada um and he started saying some really incendiary um divisive things about what he believed he also uh wrote a book that millions and millions of young men um and kind of had had his thoughts and words really gravitated towards um in a time uh where i think men were looking for identity so he became this really um hugely iconic figure for very yeah. many people and it's hard to say he's not iconic when he actually appeared as a villain in a d in a uh, marvel, marvel Comics. Comics, so yes. that that let's, lets you go to to uh icon level if you if you make it there
0: yeah no i think i mean i think it's interesting that when you look at i at you know some of these thinkers again what they what they i think about what how they're going to be remembered sort of in history i think one of the things interesting things about jordan peterson is he one of the reasons he became so iconic is he found a way to repackage kind of old traditional ideas that have people have sort of um, believed uh, old wisdom in a package that modern people um, uh, could kind of wrap around. Because there's, a, you know, we talk a lot about postmodernism on our
1: podcast
0: and how yeah. you know, all like, well, if if everything is relative, if if they're if all values are are just self created, then how how can we you know find any real meaning in life. And so he kind of try it has been on this sort of quest to help to through psychology and social science help people to repackage that. And also his second thing is he packages it in a way that appeals to men when psychology tends to more appeal to women. So these are kind of some very like innovations he sort of did in this space that I think are going to be I think the fact that we're going to see more men interested in psychology kind of, you know, in the past in the next like 10 20 years is you know and then a lot of the arguments people would be making as to why traditional values are still good in a modern age a lot of it is going to be traced back to him so whether you like it or not again if you think that some of the more traditional values should be abandoned particularly you know or certain things you know or again some of the more incendiary things then yeah it might be a bad thing but i think that's kind of the philosophical track
1: that um he's been so influential in yeah and um, I probably in line with him. And I think there's a few, uh, of this ilk, but I would argue, um, that Joe Rogan would be on this. Now it, he's not a, um, an academic, he's not a defined philosopher or a, um, you know, someone who even markets himself as a deep thinker, but it's hard not to recognize his impact on culture as literally the largest podcast in history. Yeah. And, you know, he's interviewed presidents and it's his. I think there's something about him and the way he interviews and grapples with things that common man really connected with. It was, he was one of these people who allowed the common man to connect with bigger ideas where very often those ideas were sequestered inside an academic bubble. And so all of a sudden you have this guy who is a comedian and a, and a reality TV host and a, and a, MMA fighter who is grappling with these big questions. So it, it gave entrance for a lot of people who don't have doctors who maybe, um, who don't have the time to read philosophy books and theology books yes. to start grappling with these questions. So regardless of where you, uh, what you think about his behavior, what you think about what he thinks yes. about things, it's hard to say that he hasn't had an enormous impact on, um, on culture at large, particularly how we think about things. Yeah. I want, and just in terms of the medium
0: you know we're using the podcast right now to in order yeah. to engage with these ideas and he popularized the idea at the very least the perception was has been that you know these kind of discussions like you said are sequestered whether in you know uh, traditional media outlets which are cut up you know for time and yeah. the level of authenticity and uneditedness um uh, combined with his feeling like he's a rough ordinary guy has really yes. changed and shaped what people's expectations of what people say new media
1: should be and such but yeah well said yeah i agree and then the person i would it, it's interesting to think about like um the the inverses of all these people yeah. kind of the different sides of different issues um the person i would say and and this person has not had as large of a public yeah. presence in the past few years, but I would say in the early aughts, the the beginning, I would say was yeah. hugely influential for many millennials, particularly yeah. in how they went about thinking about politics and social issues. And that person would be John Stewart. John yeah. Stewart. What I think is really interesting about him is there's a time in um, in the early uh, 2010s and, and early 2010s in which they did a study and found that most millennials, like the majority of millennials started getting their news from comedy hosted news shows, not from traditional media, not from, um, ABC, CNN, Fox news, but most millennials were going to the comedy shows of which, uh, the daily show, which uh, John Stewart hosted. Um, and there's a guy before him, but he really made it, um, an iconic show, which is kind of crazy to me that, that people were so that, that, uh, millennials became so disenchanted with, um, uh, how media uh, reported the news that they went to a comedy show because they felt that it, they could get more accurate understanding through comedy, and so yeah. John Stewart um, combined this uh, a, a comedic effect about but, all the things going yeah. on in the world with a interesting sincerity that you yeah. felt he believed and cared about things, and I think that was the secret to his success. And I think even though he's dropped out of the limelight for uh, in 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 yeah. large part in the past few years, his ethos and how he went about. Um, Articulating, dissecting the 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 social happenings of our day is still very present in how we go about understanding things.
0: I would I would even say I would go so far as to say everybody right now is trying to be John Stewart. Is, that's a great that, way to say it. Because millennials saw the guy who's sincere but also a little bit cynical, you know, about yeah. the establishment in the system. That's the person I trust. I think you know John Stewart paved the way for someone like even Joe Rogan. Or yes for all that's that so i could because he ex, ex john did, oliver's yeah John oliver's, yes all of everybody is trying to because I, I think people need to understand this millennials the what who we see as trustworthy today the voices we see as trustworthy is partly because of the way we've been sort of trained up by people like john stewart to see you yeah. yep. you know to see who is trustworthy and 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 why a person is trustworthy yeah. and so it's it's really i think that John Stewart may be one of the most influential media figures, um, of our lifetime, uh, because yeah. everybody today, even though John Stewart's not so popular anymore, everyone today is trying to do what he did.
1: Yes. And still affected by his methodology of exactly, understanding yeah. the world around them. Um, yeah. So I, I'll move on to, and I, we have a, more thought leaders than we do most people because, yeah. you know, it is the overthinkers. So sorry, guys, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I would, um, I would say very few people would argue with me that, um, as far as iconography and, and, and just the, the catchphrases, the, the voice, the, the, uh, style, um, the memes, I know um, who you're doing now, <laughs> this is doing, <laughs> uh, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Um, and again, love him or hate him. It's hard to argue that he has not been influential, particularly within conservative thought. He was one of the first people who was a Harvard educated lawyer who brought kind of a um, more intellectualism, uh, particularly in this generation, to um, this kind of thought. And in his debates, his online presence has been almost unmatched. And so I think it'd be hard not to say that Ben Shapiro is iconic in thought leaders. He is the face of sort of, you know, aside from certain
0: presidents, you know, you could say he is the face of the modern uh the modern conservative you know the yes. person who is you know if you think of a conservative basically you're thinking of someone like ben shapiro somebody facts over feelings you know yeah. somebody who's highly intellectual i debate but you know maybe you know too you know like he, he's but he's too mean or not you know compassionate or whatever whatever your feelings about him if you're a liberal and you you know you what you think of conservatives and if you're a conservative typically you're thinking of someone like ben shapiro and he's yeah. really become like for maybe our parents' generation, who Rush Limbaugh was, the media figure yeah. who most exemplified, or Bill O'Reilly, you know, things like that. The media face is like, yeah, that's the conservative guy who's commenting on the news and and giving his opinion. Really, Ben Shapiro is the face of the modern conservative kind of opinion host, uh, whatever you want to talk about that is. Um, so I think and he, I think- yeah. His
1: success to me is based off of he created a counterculture that yes. became a leading culture, yes. which is really, really interesting when you see that kind of thing happen. Um, so we'll move right along to, we're going to get to a couple philosophers here who you might know, you might not know their names immediately, not all of you, um, but I promise you they have affected thought. And so we're going to do kind of two different ones for this one. Um, I would argue that as far as theistic um, philosophy, that William Lane Craig um, would probably be one of the most important important figures particularly it yeah. came to prominence when he would um, debate the new atheists um who were very um uh kind of enlightenment inspired guys and he gave in, uh and this is just what people think and then talk about and even the critiques even the critics talk about a uh, very well-founded articulated arguments for the reasonableness of theism and he is um, very widely known, particularly in some circles, and respected. So I would argue that he would be one of the most important thinkers, um, yeah. especially in that area.
0: I, I will say that you know he he also is part of the. He's both representative, I think, certain to be causative of a couple of trends that we've seen post New Atheist. First of all, the a charge on religious people by the New Atheists like Dawkins and Harris was that um, religious people were both stupid and evil, and yes. Um, that charge sort of declined. What it got replaced by was conservatives are stupid and evil. Co- that, but that was, but but originally the charge was religious people are stupid and evil. And the thing is, yes. William Lang Craig was somebody who was clearly not stupid and clearly very kind. And so, yeah, that's when he debated them, he was part of the discrediting of that narrative during that time. Um, and yeah. and also. He's also part of the thing that intellectuals are now becoming warmer to um, to religion, Christianity, like with historians theism, like Tom yep. Holland and theism and stuff like that. And the fact that William Lane Craig was, is now re- respected by philosophers as one of the most important influential philosophers, not just Christian philosophers, is sort of, you know, uh, he's iconic in a sense. He's both a bellwether for and I think partly cause of of those trends moving in that direction.
1: Yeah, agreed completely. And I would say maybe um, you know a few of these are inverse of each other. I would say this next guy might be the inverse of Jordan Peterson because yeah. he has a large um, male audience who really responds to what he says. It's just completely different um, messaging. But I, I would say Slava Zizek, yeah. um, the, the philosopher uh, who is a, a uh, outspoken uh, Marxist and socialist um, who is quite a character on stage. But uh, you can think whatever you want to about what he believes uh, totally. But it's hard to argue that he's not an intelligent and interesting guy at the very least. And I think uh, there's a debate between him and Jordan Peterson a while ago that was huge. And I think what it showed is both of them are icons. And uh, I think that there's a little bit of an inverse of the, the Peterson yeah. effect. Well, with, I think uh, Slavage, yeah.
0: Well, what's what's sort of what I said with Jordan Peterson that is that he was, and Jordan Peterson has been able to show how traditional values can still work in a modern world, you know, he is also showing how kind of marxist ideas are can still work in the modern world but have been reinterpreted because of a whole bunch of history that's gone on and so i think yeah. that he's been one of the people who's been able to make those ideas still kind of viable in a post ussr kind of world
1: yeah and give, and and give a structure to a um a godless society yeah. of how it should how he believes it should look and i think that has been appealing and um yeah. Magnetic for many, many uh, people. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to say um, this is a funny one um, and people might disagree, but I think that Greta Thunberg um, is yeah. one of the most again, uh, we're, we're not talking about uh, the most uh, uh, loved or the most right. We're talking about the most iconic. I think Greta Thunberg will go down as someone who had a large effect on how people thought, particularly around the issues um, of, of um, climate change and yeah, cl- yeah exactly. And so Uh, regardless of how you feel about her there is absolutely i would say uh, an an iconography that should be recognized there
0: one of the reasons i think that she's so iconic is that she represents how one side of the aisle what one side of the aisle sees as virtuous the other side sees as vice because for for many climate change you know um advocates and and activists um youth the youth is a source of wisdom like they understand this better than us and they you know, you know, she, her famous thing, shame on you to the old people that you have yeah. left this to us. Um, that's a side of, of virtue. And for, yes. you know, people who disagree with climate activists is the youth and inexperience is a sign of, is a sign of experience and that they don't know what they're talking about. And so it mm. became, so for, for, she became iconic for both left and the right on the this issue because, um, she represented everything they thought was right and wrong with the movement.
1: Yes. And, and again, no one, very few people don't know who she is and don't have and a, a strong opinion about her right. and her work. Um, so that leads us into um, she might be a little less well known than some of the people on this list, but I do think she's been hugely iconic in the sociology yeah. and um, and I, I would say maybe therapy space and 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 kind of helping. It's interesting if you look at past generations. A lot of the understanding about how our minds work and our emotions and therapy were kind of ignored and she is one of the front runners to bringing these issues and to helping people step into these issues of kind of investigating themselves, their past, their, um, their self-perception. I would, I would argue that Brené Brown has reached the level of, um, icon. And I think she has meant a lot. And what's interesting to me is I see a lot of very different people, d- different people, politically, religious, um, uh, uh, uh social status really respond to her writing so that this may and i haven't read much of her so i can't comment terribly much but i've just read i've uh, seen a couple of her her um talks and there is something very compelling about what she's talking about because it is particularly in an age in which we have uh, greatly abandoned god and the uh, and church and these defining understandings of ourselves brene has brought a it, it is secular but mm-hmm. a an un, a, a guide to help us understand ourselves so i would argue yeah. that brene brown is a really influential icon in our world
0: yeah well again especially again as we're looking to psychology to help us understand ourselves and what's wrong with ourselves and how to grow and how to fix like you said because you know partly because it's a science that's getting better all the time and we're learning more but also because like you said we've abandoned other things that you used to use as ways to do that um uh you know someone like her who set the forefront of that yeah. is uh, what, what? what are some of like her, her most famous books i'm actually kind of well
1: she is um, uh, you guys can go look up the titles. I'm terrible with titles, but right. what she is, she's a shame expert. She's oh, someone, okay. yes, uh, that's where she kind of began. And she's gone into understanding yourself better, understanding how your mind works. What well, she really, um, helped people under begin to under, she, she rose to prominence with helping people understand why they feel shame and what yes. it is. And that became began this kind of digging into how your mind works, how your story affected where you are now and the decisions you're making. And it became it helped people become aware of their mental health in this yeah. age, particularly when in when past generations mental health wasn't didn't have as high a priority. Um yeah. in in the power of wide. vulnerability. That's it. That's how I was thinking power of vulnerability. That's
0: right. Yes yes. yes, yes, yes.
1: And uh gifts of imperfection. Yes, yes,
0: exactly. So that yeah. that, yeah, all of that. Yes. Super, that's a great, great pick.
1: So I'm going to put, I think this one is uh, pretty, um, I guess it's not too controversial as, at least as far as iconography. Um, I keep on using that word, Um, (laughs) but it's a good word. I love it. Um, Tanishi Coates. Uh, Ah, Now this, uh, this guy is interesting because I didn't, we we, we thought we didn't really exactly know what um, category to put him in, which is. Part of why he is an icon. You could put him in entertainment, you could put him in literature, you could put him in thought, but I think because all of those things kind of combine into an ethos and messaging he has, I would say, um, he belongs in the thought leaders of today because he uses these other vehicles for his thoughts, for his messaging, and again, to like him or love him, um, or hate him. Um, he is incredibly influential to how we think about social issues now. And he's like, we mentioned earlier, Jordan Peterson on the same list. He put Jordan Peterson, I believe it was him, in a uh, Captain comic, America as comic a, book.
0: Yes, as he, a villain, he,
1: as 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 it's, a Red Skull. Yes, as a Red Skull. And so you have what you what you have is to me that is the, the definition of a thought leader because he's engaging with and even disagreeing with another thought leader. And so and, and, um, and because his because because racial issues have become even
0: more of a yes a topic in recent years, he's been one of the people at the forefront of helping shape the conversation that we're having about race yeah. right now, whether or not you think that's a healthy conversation or not, you know, he's been a part of, um, of shaping how we're talking about race today. So
1: yeah, I think yeah. he definitely has to be on. the And he's done this through lit award-winning novels. Yeah. He's done this through comics. He's done this through movies. He's done this through talks. And so the, um, the amount of mediums he uses, I think have ultimately added up to him becoming really an icon in so many places. So I would absolutely. Say that Tanisha Coates is um, uh, an icon that we will remember looking back. Yeah. Um, this, this, we only have a couple more. Um, this one's a funny one, but I think, and maybe some of you will disagree, but I think that of many people of this generation, even Gen Z now, would agree with the Green Brothers. Um, Joseph, are you familiar with the Green Brothers? Um,
0: I don't know that I am. I'm kind of embarrassed. So it's,
1: it's Frank Green and uh, we're well, not. Oh, Frank Green. oh yes. Hank Green. Of course. So it started yes. out uh, one of the brothers. I think I was confused. Fault, in our, yeah, fault yes. in our stars. Fault yeah. in Our stars. fault in our stars. John. And we're like, was John. Yeah. John Green, John Green, John Green mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Hank Green. There it is. Yes. John Green wrote um, fault in
0: our stars and Hank Green. I love Hank Green's TikToks. Yes,
1: yes. exactly. And he's so, doing science and helping me understand science. Well, it's <laughs> so interesting. Everyone thought, oh, he writes young adult fiction about romance. That's really nice. And then Um, people started to get to know them behind the books and behind, you know, the movie or whatever. And they are these two incredibly intelligent brothers who are really close and they both have their own unique, I I believe they're twins, um, or very close in age. And they have this really interesting, you know, it is something that we really like to emulate here in the overthinkers. They have fun thinking deeply. Yeah. And that is something that I think a lot of this generation has really responded to, um, and because there's so much turmoil and division around so many different issues, I think people have really responded via TikTok and via YouTube to how these guys, particularly Hank Green, um, talk about uh, really big issues, be it science, be it politics, religion. Um, and I think it's been something that has made them an icon level. And uh, you can disagree with me, but I thought they deserved to be on the list. Well, I,
0: mean, I think I think also, you know, it can because John Green is a is a guy who tells stories and this does literature. And Hank Green is a bit more left brain. He's like, he does, he's, he's yes. more the analytical side. The fact that both of them are brothers and are both able to have a relationship there together. It's, it's, it's not, it's a rarer thing to see that those different personality types both still share values and can, yeah. um, and, and can share that with the world.
1: Yeah. Well, and like you said, there's a right brain, and left brain, which gives some, all of us something to connect to and enjoy yeah. with. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're getting close to the end of the, the thinkers list. Um, I'm going to argue that comedians are some of the most important thought leaders of almost any generation. You look at George Carlin, you go back to, um, I forget all the names of the class comedians, but comedians have this unique way of, again, um, seeing everything going on in the world and helping us understand it mm-hmm. through the art of comedy. Um, and we've talked about this on other episodes, but you know, there's many people you could talk about, you know, the philosopher comic, yeah. um, and there's many people you could argue that are the big comics of of today who do that but i think only really one to me has reached icon level again you don't have to like them there is a lot of um uh, uh, different opinions let's say on this person's (laughs) comedy um but you can't say that no one knows him or doesn't have at least an understanding of what he thinks and and how he thinks what is dave Chappelle. i would argue that dave Chappelle is one of the most iconic in this area, comedians that we've seen in our generation, um, and really has shaped how we, again, through that comedy art, how we think about the goings-ons of the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would put Dave Chappelle on the list for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Again, like, you know, you had the Dave Chappelle show early on where he was again, kind of a forerunner to people like, uh, Key and Peele in terms of yep. kind of doing sketch comedy to talk about racial issues in the way, and for a way that influenced the modern yeah. world. Um, he's gotten the Mark Twain award, I believe. I, I think he and, I believe so, yeah, um, yeah. and and in his standups, he was sort of doing essentially kind of like philosophical musings that were fun, like funny philosophical musings and on relevant cultural issues on relevant cultural topics and and did have an effect in, on how people thought about them. So, yeah, I think that that's, yeah. nobody doesn't know who he is and doesn't have an opinion on him.
1: and last but not least, for um the iconic thinkers, of this generation, uh, we'd be remiss to not mention ourselves. Um, I would, I would, put, you know, the overthinkers are definitely maybe unknown icons, like we mentioned earlier, but <laughs> iconic nonetheless. We are absolutely the I, thinker I, icons of this generation.
0: I think that when you, when, when the history books are written, they <laughs> will, they will agree that um, uh, if you look at at that, that we were at the epicenter of all, all of the things, uh, all of the great uh, thoughts and, and uh, uh, that have come out of the, um,
1: in our, our next 20 years. This is a load of barnacles. And, you know, you might have to read between the lines in those history books, but <laughs> yes. I promise we're our, there.
0: Our, our names might not be mentioned, you know, <laughs> but, but Our influence but we're is there. clear. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we get to the fun one. Um, arts and entertainment. Uh, maybe this one will be the most controversial. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give all of you literally two seconds to guess who, who uh, we think is the most influential and iconic um, arts and entertainment individual of the past 20 years. Um, I would imagine most of us have this already in our mind, but whether you like her or not, Taylor Swift, I would argue yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to beyond pop star, I mean, I'm talking yeah. figured celebrity yeah. performer um, Taylor Swift is undeniably an icon. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I was, I wrote, I wrote an article alluding to part of this, uh, uh, a while back, but I think that, you know, one of, uh, one of the things that people, she is such a global phenomenon. And one of the things that's indicative of is the, um, the growing power in the entertainment space yeah. of single women to determine yes. what, what becomes popular. You know, because for a long time, entertainment was built around sort of, you know, 20 to 30 year old men because the calculation was that, um, you know, women will go think to things men are interested in, but men will go to things women are interested in, you know, mm. and and boys will go to things that young men are interested in. But, you know, young men will go to things boys are interested in. So it's like, OK, 30 year old men who have are single and have spending money and don't have families. That's who we're going to build all of our arts and entertainment around. And now single women are growing in income and population level. And so they're getting to kind of actually um, drive their voices known in the marketplace. And, and so, and Taylor Swift is indicative of that, but also has encouraged that this is actually a beautiful thing that's worth, you know, putting money into. And so, you know, again, people i the think pieces continue to keep being written about her um and and people get really upset about her or obsessed with her and but you can't deny she is moving the culture with her um with her with her influence in in in
1: in and everybody knows her name hey even even me i'll admit i i enjoy <laughs> occasional Taylor song. They're pretty catchy. I um, I
0: I hate to be that guy. I was listening to Taylor Swift songs before it was cool. Like I, I literally was one
1: of those people that was like, yes, I enjoy it. Um, now It's almost like a cult like devotion. People call her mother and it's interesting the age range. I've seen 50 yes. year olds down to 13 year olds. Yes, absolutely love her. And that, that's a really rare thing to see. Absolutely. And there's Plenty of pop stars out there, but it's hard to argue that um, it's hard for anyone to compete with her. Yeah, her star. Yeah. Um, okay. But, and another person who I think is on her level, um, in this space, uh, would be Beyonce. I yeah. think Beyonce has, uh, not only risen, but surpassed icon mm-hmm. level in this culture. And, uh, it's I mean, a myriad of reasons, but well, people call her fantastic performance.
0: People call her the queen in the same way Elvis was the king.
1: Yes. Yes. She is the queen. And. Um, I, and to see what she meant to a lot of young black women, um, Mm -hmm. and showed a power and a confidence that I think was, uh, was really, was a really cool thing and and gave empowered an entire generation. Um, it's okay uh, to be confident in yourself in this way. That's something to be celebrated, not feel bad about. And and just the sheer talent, I think, yes. coupled with that, really was um, brought her to icon level. Um, uh, my 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 general opinion,
0: and there are exceptions to this also, but if you get to that level, you can't do it without actually being talented in yes. some way, shape, or form yes. or another. Yes.
1: Um, which now we're going to even do James in... Cameron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot to put him on the list. <laughs> yes. Although maybe he should. Well, well, too late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, But yeah, so for. Um, that this is a a pet a pet one of Joseph of mine. As if you listen to the podcast, you'll you'll know how we feel about this guy. We won't say explicitly, but you can probably take a wild guess. Um, But Kevin Feige, um, mm. if you don't know his name, you definitely know his work. <laughs> Kevin Feige is the the creator of the modern Marvel movies. So if you like the Avengers, or or for the past, you know how long has it been going on now? The the Avenger movies? Oh, it's well, I mean,
0: Iron Man came out in two thousand eight.
1: Yes. And again, this is the largest, most successful franchise, movie franchise of all time. He is, Kevin Feige is the producer
0: on all of those movies. And so he has been the architect shepherding the whole storyline, the universe, picking the directors, you know, being the guy in charge of, you know, of, of shepherding how the storyline goes, all these movies go. And yeah, it's, it's the most successful movie franchise of all time. And it has been you know, we talk about having a common culture and common yeah. stories that we all share, and there are a few that like, but there 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 are very few stories that, as a culture, we all share as a society. Now we don't share the same religious yeah. story. We don't we want don't watch the same entertainment for the most part. But for the most part, if there's been one story we've been all following for the past yes. since 2008, it's been the Marvel Universe. Most people have gone to see most of the Marvel movies, and yeah. so it's it's the common culture that we have, and that has been to some people's, you know, some people hate that. Like, you know, like, uh, like Martin Scorsese was like, why is this our common story? And, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, beating on him for this. You know, I've done that in other places, but, I'm, but it's, but it's, it's, he's like, yeah, this shouldn't be our common story and fair enough, but it is, but it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And there's like, you pointed out the the unique thing about the, the these movies are the unifying, they across so many different lines of how many people loved these movies. And I think uh, Joseph and I have talked often about how important myth is to each society, how important stories are. Even if you think they're just silly superhero films, look at the films that that appeal and connect with so a huge an audience. And I think there will be something there to kind of dissect and say why. And I think whether or not you know the reason, whether or not we can explain the reason, these movies have been unbelievably influential across so many lines.
0: And I think, well, I'll just say briefly, one of the things that, you know, you see reflected in our culture with these is that most of the Marvel movies are about heroes recognizing, people recognizing they live in, to some degree, an unjust society
1: and mm. stepping
0: up to try to change that. And if that... Well- if that hasn't, if that isn't sort of the ethos of our modern politics and our modern culture, how we look at the story we're
1: telling of ourselves as a culture, I don't know what is. And one of the things that we see again, we'll get off, of, we'll get off the Marvel, <laughs> we're such nerds. We're just going to spend two hours from the Marvel guy. Um, but, uh, one of the things I think is also interesting to do in, in a, in a postmodern age, when, uh, nihilism is yeah. on the rise, when we have been told that nothing matters, um, our lives don't matter. It is interesting to see that the, the most successful myth of our time is, about heroes and good versus evil and purpose and value. And so I think that's a really interesting thing. And to me, it has bigger implications about the human heart, but we'll get into that later in another episode. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one, um, (laughs) this is going to be, I mean, it shouldn't be controversial as far as if we all agree, um, she's an icon, uh, but it'll be interesting to, uh, I'm curious if we get any pushback or letters about this one, but in my book, as we look at who will be recognized as A household name is someone everyone had an opinion about, knew about, um, and somehow or another, whether you think, uh, she should have appeared in so much of our modern day life, it doesn't matter. She did, um, Kim Kardashian. So, um, (laughs) Kim Kardashian for better, for worse. I, I think it is absolutely an icon, particularly in the arts and entertainment space of our, of our age. and. There are probably things sociologically to be garnered from that about why she is, um, but she is, and so yeah, you can have your thoughts on that. You can love it or hate it, but I think it's hard to argue yeah. that she's not no, an I mean,
0: icon. Yeah, again, it's the I, I again, I'm trying to say this like, but the idea that that of 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 finding joy and beauty and meaning through material excess, you know, as is something that has both, you know, we've embraced as a culture. But then also we are embarrassed about as a culture and she and her family were all about that, that they, they made their living off of that. And, and people's like, or dislike of her is usually reflective of how comfortable or uncomfortable they are with the fact that so much of our life is built around finding meaning through, through excess.
1: Yeah. Well, and I would also argue she might've been like the kind of the mascot for this modern age in which. Um, particularly with social media. Yes. You yes. can become famous for simply becoming famous. Right. Um, yes. It wasn't, you didn't need a skill or a talent. Yeah. Uh, and again, no hate on Kim. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was skill and talent there in, in getting where she got to, but she is somewhat of an icon of the, the fame oriented culture yes. Uh, yes. that we live in. Now. Well
0: said. Well said. We're, we're, well, that's the thing is that younger people, millennials and Gen Z would rather be famous than rich. Yeah. And so yeah. she, she became one of the first forerunners of that
1: ethos. Yes, yes. Um, and again, I really feel like I need to remind everybody about the disclaimer. <laughs> we are not endorsing any of these people. We are just saying they are iconic. Um, and this goes with our last one. Um, her ex-husband, Kanye West, makes the list. Um, you know, you can think what you want about Kanye West. I uh, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff there to to dissect and, uh, and to make people mad over. But it's hard to argue that a, a multi-Grammy winner... Um, who ended up marrying the queen of celebrity who uh, ended up just uh, running for president and making it on a ballot, multiple ballots. And then um, (laughs) self-imploding, self-imploding, self-imploding very publicly is not iconic in some way. And again, there's a dark dark side of iconography and there's a light side. I would say there um, is an interesting narrative to watch kanye's journey but yeah what well, i think iconic
0: I, I think again one of the things you see in a lot of these figures is the young self versus the old self you know because they become mm. iconic in a certain period because again kanye west became iconic as a as an artist and then yes. he became famous and to some degree is it, he became he reinvented himself and he started to self-destruct in many and we've seen that happen to so many people that we know in the public eye And so many people, and so, um, either self implode or people who loved them when they were younger, hate
1: them when they're older and vice versa, that's been a huge or feel that like tension between, I love their old music. Can I still like them? Exactly. Exactly. And so he's one of the most iconic versions of that there. Absolutely. Um, this one, we would not have put her on the list if it had not been for this summer's movie. Um, but I believe that this summer that she rose to icon level when it comes to, um, the art of filmmaking and just message spreading around the world, uh, Greta Gerwig, yeah. creator of little women, uh, ladybird, and obviously most famously now Barbie. Um, again, I don't think she's hugely controversial. I feel like most people like her. Um, we, we have our, uh, a little, we're, we're interested to see how the Narnia series goes. Um, but, but you know, there, there is controversy there like, like Barbie or not. Um, I think Greta Gerwig with her Barbie movie that appealed to so many women that seemed to, whether or not you liked it, guys, it yeah. did appeal to so many women and they captured something about the the experience of being a woman in modernity that was so powerful that it really, it made it one of the, I think it's like one of the biggest movies it's, of the year, it's, or it, if
0: it, not be. You know, I think it's the biggest movie of the year. It's certainly a Warner Brothers' highest grossing movie ever.
1: Um, oh, ever
0: wow yeah uh, It just just beat out uh harry
1: potter the second harry potter oh film. my gosh and so regardless what you think of the movie it's hard to argue that that's not icon level
0: yeah what i'll say again is it, it, she's in a similar way to taylor swift she i mean I, i've often said to people you know barbie is the new iron man in a sense that basically wow iron man said okay hollywood said okay we're gonna make all of our movies now to appeal to the demographic of 20 to 30 year old men who will go to see comic book movies. So, you know, every single movie studio was trying to make the next Iron Man, you know, now she has shown that there is a multi-billion dollar market for movies that are appealing to the female demographic, which they're really in the blockbuster space, which there really hadn't been before, you know, in a, in a sustained way. And she proved that that is true. And I think that she she deserves iconic status for that.
1: But she did a thing that a lot of directors, no matter who you are, have a hard time doing, which is um, gaining the adoration of the artistic community. Yes. Um, the Oscar voting community and getting, gaining the um, adoration of a culture-wide blockbuster. Yeah. And, and that's and so to, hard to achieve. And making an entertaining movie that um, people
0: like watching that also has something to say. You know? Yes. So yeah. no. So she's definitely iconic. And again, people love her and hate her You know, based on her, the messages she has in her movies and such. But- um, but and it, but again, also in the filmmaking space, you know, I don't know a single woman who doesn't want to be a director or who doesn't say, yes, Greta Gerwig is her hero, you know, and, yes. and that's and that it's across the political spectrum. Like, you know, it's like they, they so she's iconic as a vision for what female storytellers can be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so these next couple will go by quickly. Um, there's probably less to say about them, they're less controversial, less to explore, but most of us know them. And I would argue the the um the pop star of our age, for better or for worse, there's a few different contenders, but I would argue Justin Bieber is- would still be what I would consider the pop star of our generation. Yeah. Um we most of us in in some way grew up with him yeah um and you know uh even if you don't know his music or like his music you know about him you know about his journey you know about his maturity and something about him really embodies this idea of what a pop star who ascends to icon celebrity is um uh so yeah i would absolutely put Justin be on there
0: yeah yeah i did get Um, it yep go ahead yeah go ahead
1: Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Any, any thoughts no, I was just on saying He also is another person that, like, he he reinvented himself as he got older a
0: little yeah. bit. You know, he yeah. was the iconic pop star. And then he became sort of this semi-Christian kind of, you know, uh, figure, you know. And 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 so it's, yeah, he's, he's another one of those people who he evolved to a certain degree to mean something different than he did before.
1: Yes. And I think that that's part of what makes someone an icon yeah. is growing and becoming yeah. different, not staying stuck in a one- One hit wonder as far as you know how you look. Yeah. Um, another one who I think is on the icon level, uh, maybe not quite to the Beyonce and Taylor Swift level, but I would say Lady Gaga deserves to be on the list of icon when it comes to performers and pop stars. Again, actress, writer, fat fashionista, again, Mm -hmm. liker or hater, she you know about her. And um, she did things differently than anyone ever had. she 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 added uh an emphasis
0: on performance art to yes um to the pop star world further
1: than anyone else seems to have gone before yes um uh uh quick one ricky gervais again with the comedy and helping us understand the world around us but even more than his stand-up comedy which i don't know his stand-up comedy is iconic but i would say it'd be hard not to put him on this list Um, for two things one his um golden globe speeches um are now iconic and he is the creator of the office so you could argue that his work is more iconic than him but i do think the office is such a huge i mean it's it's unbelievable the the pervasiveness it is it's in every inch of culture i would argue that the office has risen um would would put Rico gervais on the icon level
0: yeah i think i think that his brand of sort of um Cynical humor has become a uh, very popular and pervasive kind of in in uh, in 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 the in the way the society has gone. He's a very particular kind of humor that is, you know, that the office, the office was full of, kind of loving but nihilistic, you know. And then yeah. that's so. I think that the flavor of what we see as humor is definitely affected by him.
1: Now there's one, we have one last spot on this, on this category, and we're going to do this live because I want Joseph to pick because he is the film critic. And so this came down to two people. And I'm really interested to see how he does this because he's going to have to choose between who he loves and who he thinks is more of an icon. Oh, so, how Joseph, dare you? Oh, wow. We only have one slot left in, in the arts and entertainment um, when it comes to directors and filmmakers. Would you say? I hate you forever. <laughs> Go ahead. Is it Christopher Nolan or JJ J. Abrams?
0: I have to say Christopher Nolan. And okay. and, the, and the reason I say that is because uh JJ Abrams um has made a lot of things. Yes. But he's not made a lot of things with a voice that has been particularly infer- mm. influential. With a particular voice. Okay. And you know, again, he did Lost, obviously. He did you know, he did um the Star Wars two of the Star Wars. He yep. did um, you know, he did the Star Trek. Um, but um but he hasn't created an ethos that people say i want to imitate what he does he sort of disappeared into his projects whereas christopher nolan you know there there are entire filmmakers whose careers are based on how do i do it like christopher nolan did there's entire you know a generation of filmmakers who basically built their um their taste and personality <laughs> you know on w- watching and uh, christopher nolan films like yes that's that's yeah. what speaks to me so I yeah. think that that's, in a sense, Gre- uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, in a lesser extent, because there are more male directors to choose from, but in a lesser extent, almost every young 20 to 30 something aspiring filmmaker, male filmmaker today says,
1: oh, Christopher Nolan is my inspiration. Well, and Christopher Nolan did this really interesting thing. I'm going to agree with you. I think, um, sorry, JJ, we love you. Lost was great, <laughs> but I think when it comes to the last slot in the icon status in arts and entertainment, particularly, and listen, we went a little heavy on filmmakers because we're film guys. Sorry, it's sue us. Occupational a few pop stars too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I would argue that Nolan did something um, that no other filmmaker has done in quite a while and hadn't previous before him, which was make a huge, spectacle blockbuster movie that has something interesting to say intellectually. Yes. And it was the first time in a long, when I, when I started encounters work where I could feel like I was uh, grappling with interesting thoughts and ideas while still being entertained. And I think he's still doing that. Um, I have thoughts on the most recent one, but I will get to that in another
0: episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, I 100% right. He had, he combined what the indie film industry was doing at the time, like having interesting things to say with. Um, a big budget, but also not just a big budget, but telling hero stories and narratives. Um and so by the way, oh go ahead, what, go ahead. What great like what a Greta Gerbrig is doing now with Barbie, which is why she's so popular. Yeah. Is she's doing big budgets with something to say.
1: That's what Christopher yes. Nolan did in his, particularly in his early days, what made him so big. And a little um side note here, you'll notice that this list of arts and entertainment didn't have many actors. And this is interesting because I am an actor. You think I put actors. Um, this is a whole other conversation to have, but we talked about it. There aren't movie stars like there used to be. There are still musician, pop stars, um, and, and there are still filmmakers, but the actor has not risen to the level of icon like it has in the past with the Tom cruises, um, yeah. who again, he became famous in the seventies and so, or the, uh, Marlon Brando's or whoever it might be. Yeah. So this is why if you are gonna send us a letter, this is why there aren't actors. We don't feel that, uh, many actors have risen to the level of icon. The one you could maybe argue is like Robert Downey Jr. But there was really, the problem
0: is, it wasn't really him that was iconic. It was his it character. It was his role. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So if you disagree, please let us know yeah. who we should put on the list. But just a little disclaimer, that is why we didn't have any actors on here. Um, But, you know, I, I'm already in the thinkers category, so I couldn't yeah, exactly. put myself. So you don't
0: care. yes Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um so now we move to literature we're getting close to the end um of this episode um but we're going to wrap up with literature and then religion um literature um i think is fairly uncontroversial whether or not you like these people or not um jk rowling would be hard to argue that she's <laughs> not an icon i mean they're the millennial culture and their connection to harry potter all of us having grown up on harry potter all of us know that which house we are in yeah. harry potter the it, the most successful books of all time up there with lord of the rings and narnia and i think even surpassing it is without a doubt and then even beyond her book she became a celebrity whether you think that's a good thing or not she did and um and so without a doubt i'd say J.K. Rowling is one of the most iconic authors of our time
0: yeah just just to be just i think it wait just the fact that people she taught people a new way to establish identity. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, what house am I in? Well, what does that mean? Oh, these collection of personality yes. traits, you know, yes. are how I define myself, you know, the Buzzfeed quizzes, all those things. It's like, that's, that is teaching us a way to define our
1: identities. And she, she helped to do that through her fantasy stories that we grew up on. Yeah. Um. And this one uh, you might get some pushback for this one. I still think it's iconic. And most of you will deny uh that this person's work has had influence in your life but come on be honest we know it uh, stephanie myers uh, the the <laughs> author of twilight listen i will not lie i enjoy a good twilight bench occasionally but the 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 success of these books is hard to argue with it is crazy
0: i mean the thing is all of you all of you cringed when you heard her name because you knew exactly who we were talking about and don't lie, you liked at least one of the Twilight movies. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I've actually not watched a single Twilight film. I know I need <gasps> to actually
1: correct we're that. We're having a movie binge night. <laughs> yes. A bro movie binge night of I Twilight. Have,
0: I have <laughs> doubted a bro movie binge night of Twilight <laughs> would be like the best thing ever. I am so down.
1: <laughs> but just to balance this out, we're going to put the probably the most bro famous author of our generation which would be george rr R. Martin. and again <laughs> don't have to like him don't have to like him, but to say the game of thrones the books uh, uh the song of i i don't i, I haven't read the ice sp- and fire uh, well i'm a christian so i haven't <laughs> seen game of thrones or read the books but <laughs> i'm kidding guys um uh but yeah to, to say his work hasn't been within culture monumentally um famous uh, yeah. uh, uh i, I yeah what he did he's an icon
0: what he did was create fantasy without idealism oh interesting because again all of the authors of the previous fantasy books were christian you know whether it's um you know uh whether it's narnia or lord of the rings even jk rowling people accuse her being a nominal christian fine but she's still a christian yeah george arm and so there's idealism you know you live in a world where like there's good and there's evil and good eventually wins in the end whereas george r r martin it's the gods are dead or they hate us you know and it's all cynical politics it's all cynical politics
1: it's the fantasy novels and show that reflect kind of how we feel about our leaders ourselves yes that there is no goodness um that it's everything's random but i think there's something in there that's very connective yes uh paralleled to the world we live in and there's probably a catharsis and feeling understanding in it Um, absolutely yeah so it's hard to argue he's not a he and his work are not um icons
0: yes um and 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 ho- and when he finishes his series, maybe it will <laughs> we'll see how iconic it is that yeah, maybe
1: maybe we'll take him off the list next year. <laughs> yes um but the the last two um probably aren't household names to to uh, as many people as the previous authors have been. um, but both of these people won the Pulitzer and wrote what I would argue would be the great American novels the, um or the the great modern novels um. Uh, of our time, which would be Marilyn Robinson, who, uh, Robinson, who wrote Gilead, um, and Richard Powers, who wrote a series of novels, all of whom have been incredibly influential um, to how people go about writing uh, non-phantasyic literature today. Um, I don't have time to say about them. I need Ooh. to read them. I've only, <laughs> I haven't read either of them. Um, so, uh, but I do. People like our fact- book.
0: People like our book focused episodes, so maybe we'll do more, like, you know, we'll read some more books this year and, and talk about them.
1: <laughs> I would read weird books that aren't on, on people's <laughs> no, list, but <laughs> the fact that I know both of these people without having read either of their works to me indicates and you know, um and They're the people who, whoever I talk to readers, literature lovers who say, these are the people who are the modern, um, adult literature of our time. And so, uh, without having read them and again, you can push back, but, uh, they, these are the two names I see popping up everywhere as far as what people think is the, the new, uh, in the modern understanding of literature. Um, and again, they, they want Pulitzer, uh, yeah, I think Pulitzer's. Is that a National Book Award? Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they won a lot of awards. So, yes, you know, here on there. And we couldn't just have fantasy authors. <laughs> uh, so, we don't uh, want to
0: show our biases too much.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we finally arrive at the last um, category, and this is religion. And this was a difficult one. Again, you know, one uh, disclaimer I probably should have said earlier is, we are mostly the icons we're talking about are in the West. We are going to be more ignorant of the icons uh, in the East and in other other cultures. Um, And so when it comes to these religious leaders, these are the the ones that we see have made the biggest affect on the world that we currently live in. Um, And uh, we'd be interested to hear who you think ought to be on this list, but particularly in the last 20 years, I would argue we'll start with Pope Francis. Again, whether you like him or hate him, um, he is like John Paul. He is a pope who everyone in the world knows and has an opinion about. Um, Pope Francis has uh, his team has done a good job at knowing how to connect in a way that the modern generations connect. uh, And I think that's behooved his popularity, um, if I can say it like that. Um, but I think that that has been a big part of why he's so such an icon is because they have learned how to connect this ancient tradition and belief with a modern generation.
0: And I think that's what's interesting about him is that although his supporter, most of his most ardent Catholic supporters deny this, both he's he is both loved and hate people who love him and the people who hate him, both love him and hate him for the same reason which is they perceive that he's modernizing the Catholic church.
1: Interesting.
0: And so people who really love him feel like, okay, he's being the kind of religious person that I wish religious people would be like, you know, and he's modernizing, he's connecting, like you said, connecting more with our our modern things. And the people who really don't like him don't like him because they perceive he's changing the Catholic faith in ways they don't like. So it's interesting that most of his, most tight, close supporters deny that he's doing that. But the people who love him and the people who hate him perceive that he is modernizing the Catholic Church and so is representative of that idea that the church needs to modernize and wishing that it would. So that's a fascinating aspect of it to
1: me. Yeah. And and if we're going to mention kind of the Catholic leader of the world, I feel like, um, you know, the Protestants are a little harder to pin down (laughs) one guy. But if there was one guy, and Joseph and I might be biased, just because we both um, are New Yorkers, um, but I would argue that um, this pastor, particularly um rose above the level of just local pastor or even like bestselling author pastor, to really a one of the most central minds behind religion of today. Many people talk about him as a modern c s. Lewis. And that's an imperfect comparison. Um, but I think that when it came to understanding um, faith, particularly the Christian faith, in an intellectual but intimate way, um I think this person's probably, most iconic pastor of the past twenty years, I would mm-hmm. argue, and that would be Tim Keller. Tim yeah. Keller has appeared in the New York Times, in Time Magazine. He is bigger than just the counter, the the subculture of Christianity. He is affected in the entire city of New York City, which obviously affects the entire world. So, I would argue that Tim Keller is an icon, particularly within the movement of Christianity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for 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 Pete Christians who who wanted to you know be a traditional Christian in in the in the modern world, but also interact with the modern world. He was yeah. really an ambassador between the Christian world and the secular world, helping Christians to understand how to interact with the secular world, helping the secular world to understand Christianity and Christians in a way that the two could have really a conversation. And people felt like, you know, he helped them, Christians felt like they helped them intellectually, felt like he was helped them not just intellectually, but like you said, dealt with their emotional questions about christianity and helped them to develop an intimate relationship with god through his writing and through his passing churches he also innovated how to plant churches around the world which is one of the things people don't think about him a lot about but has been one of his most concrete legacies is innovating how to do that utilizing local people but then also connecting them to larger people so yeah people if people if people have any sort of kind view of christianity and religion within the secular world and if people have a have a desire to be christian in a way that interacts with the secular world in a loving but still uh with convictions way they usually have um point to tim keller as an influence
1: yeah and i would like you said joseph i I think one of his major what made him an icon was he helped an ancient religion of Christianity yep. and people learn how to live that out in a modern world. Yeah. And he did it with very gracefully, um, but with a lot of direction and yeah. um, clarity, which I think is unusual. But yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, rest in peace, Tim Keller. But I do think he belongs on this list. Um, I would I would say the next one is T.D. Jakes. Yep. Now, Maybe some of our listeners aren't familiar with him, but he's one of the biggest pastors still. And he has been for quite a while. Um, in the US, I think I believe also in the world, has one of the biggest congregations and one of the farthest reach. He's on TV, has all this thing. Um, but he's but one of the reasons he's so influential is because he's become such a figure in the black church community. Yeah. Um, he was uh he would pray regularly with Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. Um he influenced elections, he um he is kind of one of the figures in the black community when it comes to the religious understanding yeah. and tradition and i think he has such an enormous influence uh, and presence in the world i would argue that he is a religious icon for sure
0: absolutely i mean he's made movies i mean one of the things in that's that's an unfortunate reality in um in america is and and i uh, you know i'm this is not placing blame on anybody it's unfortunate reality is that there is so much um you know people's churches that they run in are you know ethnically based. I mean, that, that is like you know, people, a lot of white Christians don't know a lot of the black pastors and a lot of, you know, and so, and so you may not realize, but, you know, again, within the black community, particularly, you know, he's one of the people who, you know, we talked about Tim Keller, people looked at Tim Keller about how, you know, how do I think through how I, um, uh, how I actualize my faith in the modern world. He's also helping people do that. And so even if you don't know them, there's an entire segment Um, A huge, even, you know, a a, a large plurality segment of population that say, oh, he's also helping me to actualize this in the modern world. But, you know, if if you're not listening to him, you're not part of that conversation, you don't know why many Christians are not actualizing in the same way you do
1: yeah yeah agreed i think that's great um the next one is kind of a gimme but just like the pope uh, we're putting the dalai lama on here yeah i think if you don't follow the tradition of christianity which is in large part what most religious people in the west even if there's less religious people now follow i would say the dalai lama has been hugely influential um for uh if you're not following the religion the religion of christianity he has been the figure of um for so so many people of guidance of understanding um, less controversial, actually, yeah. than a lot of figures, um, but the Dalai Lama, it has been and is still, I believe, to be an incredibly yeah. iconic religious figure. If, in if you the have, if
0: you're in the West and you have an idea of what Buddhist Hindu kind of religion is like, and particularly you know nonviolent political resistance in the modern day, you know yeah. all of those things, and and just you know serene and kind of like inner peace spirituality, is like yes, he's 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 who we think of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the last one is going to make a lot of people Oh, this is fun.
0: Yes, we talked about uh, this just beforehand.
1: The last last religious leader um, who I feel like has affected and led and provided creeds and guidance and traditions for an entire um, belief system, I would say Richard Dawkins uh, (laughs) for (laughs) that. And by the way, Richard Dawkins would hate that he would end up in this section because um, he is an anti-religious person. Um, But I would argue that particularly in the the early aughts, that new atheism uh, seemed to actually create what I would call all the markings of a religion. There were creeds, there were beliefs, you know, we had, there's even the God of science, that science is the ultimate authority. Um, This is how we act. This is how we think. This is how we go about understanding the world around us. What Richard Dawkins and the four other horsemen who you could offer here um, did was create a an, a structure for non-belief, yeah. um, a religious structure for non-belief. Um, and so whether he likes it or not, uh, Richard Dawkins, you are on one of the most iconic religious leaders of well, the that, overthinkers lists.
0: It's funny because one of the other people on this list, you know, uh, 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 Jordan Peterson, he talked about that with Richard Dawkins as well, that um, that Richard Dawkins, when he talks about truth, is the way that religious people talk about God. Yes, And, and so, yes, I would say that that's Richard Dawkins. Yes. He's, his religion was truth, which, you know, I would want to say to him, you know, my religion is also truth. I just happened to call him by his name. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but yes, I think that's, yeah, that's that. I know that our atheist friends are going to roll their eyes and, uh, about this. And, and but, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree. He, he, he had a religious commitment to truth and, created religious you know creeds and structure around it and that that affected a whole generation of people
1: um and uh, still does and still does yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. so that is the end of our most iconic people the past 20 years list we know we missed people in fact while i was talking i'm like why didn't i put this person on there (laughs) um so please don't get mad at us for for getting somebody in fact just email it to us and maybe we'll put it on the next time we do this kind of list um but this is fun I, we would love to hear your feedback if you agree with our list if you think that someone we didn't say should be on or if we put someone on you're like they should not be on there let us know we would love to hear feedback on this but we hope you had fun uh Joseph yeah. any last thoughts about iconic yeah. people
0: yeah like I think I think
1: one of the things that
0: I've noticed as a sort of a, a, a pattern here is first of all again that these iconic people ha- were different iconic in their the ten, their their first 10 years and they were the, t- the next 20 years it really changed a lot of them really changed and because the times partly changed you know the way sometimes they would often move us in a particular direction and then the world would move past them so mm. that they seem like, you know, it's it's uh, Harvey Dent, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And we've it's, seen a few people become the villain. <laughs> become the villain and, uh, and, or or the hero. It depends on which side you think you're yeah. on. I think it's a lot of, a lot of these people they became iconic because they represented something that one side of the world, the country thought was good and one side thought was evil. Um, but that, uh, yeah, I think that, I think it's really interesting to see how these people shaped the ideas that we kind of take for granted today, how, again, going, a lot of these people are trying to take traditional ideas that the, and say, how do they work in a modern world? Or they're trying to say, how do we deconstruct old ideas and construct new ones? And how, um, and how do we take new technology or say that, or say the internet or something else and say, or how performance art comedians become the new trustworthy people. There's a lot of these a lot of these icons are are at the forefront of some big change in society like the internet like distrusted institutions like the rise of depression um and are saying deciding here's how we're going to think about it and here's how we're going to live it out um and uh, either repackage something old into something new or create something completely new and i think that's really cool i i'm interested to see what in the next 20 years um the new changes like ai that are happening or What, how we're going to decide we're going to live in those days, and who's going to be iconic for the ways that they think for us how to
1: do that. It's going to be interesting to see how these people will affect the next 20 years and which people will rise as icons in the next 20 years. Yes, exactly. This is super fun. So, Tune back in in 20 years from now, and we'll do a follow up <laughs> yes. to this episode. So exactly, you know. yes. Obviously, we'll still be on the list. Of um, course.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, if uh, you want to uh, engage or tell us where we're wrong, obviously, um, uh, where can they go, Nathan?
1: They can go to the overthinkersjournal.world, where they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and hate mail. Uh, please also join our online Facebook group. Um, where we have twenty thousand almost overthinkers, just like yourself, having fun posting memes and getting into great discussions about all the stuff we talk about here. Um, if uh, you want to get in touch with me, you can search my name Nathan Clarkson on any of the socials, or go to my website at nathanclarkson.me. Uh, you, if you want uh, to be want to get in touch
0: with me, you can uh, go to my uh, website josephholmesstudios.com, or you can go to uh, find me on any of the socials as well or of course you can find my uh culture criticism and film criticism at com. i definitely talk about greta Gorig a few times there talking about her and narnia and also augustio swift uh, there so you can uh, can check those out um well thank you everybody so much uh for joining us um and uh remember if it's worth thinking about it's worth overthinking about